Welcome to Next Economy Now. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight the leaders who are taking a regenerative, bioregional, equitable, democratic, racially just, and whole systems approach to creating the new economy. Tavall, welcome to the show. Ryan, thank you for having me. Perhaps we could start at the at the beginning. Um, <laughs> maybe not all the way at the beginning, but can you, could you give folks <laughs> a little bit born. of your? <laughs> because you have an incredible background, I'll just you know read a few highlights, and you can sort of dive into any points. So originally from South Side of Chicago, Harvard undergrad and Harvard Law School, did some uh, several years in corporate law. In 1994, President Clinton appointed appointed you to assistant AG for civil rights. Governor of Massachusetts, obviously, from 2006 to 2014, and uh, helped create the uh, sort of double impact fund at Bain Capital, author of two books, and I think you also have two kids, right? Is that? I do, and a grandson, which <laughs> hey. is probably the most exciting achievement. That's amazing. And I had almost nothing to do with that one. Yeah. How were you thinking about sort of impact and um, social and environmental issues earlier in your career that maybe led you towards this current position that you're in? Well, that's a big and hard question, and I, I guess I'd come at it this way. First of all, I, I've learned a few lessons relatively early in life, which have been guideposts for me in, in all of my career choices. One was that you know that old adage that I think each of us learned from our grandparents that we're supposed to do something in our time that leaves things better for those who come behind us. I think very much related to that from my family was the notion that you shouldn't leave your conscience at the door no matter what the job is. And so as I've thought about how to serve, in, and there are lots of ways to do that in the, you know, in philanthropy, in business, in, in government, I've tried to find my calling in that, in that moment where I thought I had something to contribute. And this latest gig in impact investing is very much influenced by those guideposts and my view that in a lot of ways, and I say this having worked in business and in philanthropy and in government, philanthropy and government have been letting business off the hook for a long time, meaning it was the job of those first two sectors to kind of fix what was broken in our larger society. But in fact, commerce and enterprise has a role to play there as well. And frankly, as the challenges facing us get larger and more complicated, it's really important that everybody get off the sidelines and do what they can. So impact investing to me is a way of speaking to that on the private side and also trying to address the notion that we should be thinking out past, uh, you know, the next uh, quarter in the case of private industry or the next election cycle in the case of government and, and about the next generation. And the companies that are trying to be that kind of company are the kinds of companies we want to invest. And from your experience as governor of Massachusetts, do you, do you think that because you, you sort of spoke to the idea of business being um, a, a central to the solutions for, for building a better economy. Do, do you see, like, what is the role of government? Um, and, you know, I, I guess maybe to phrase it this way, I've always thought that people, like, I've, I've thought like, hey, should I run for office? And I've always thought, no, I can have a bigger impact outside of government, um, you know, cre- using the private sector for good. But I'm curious if, you actually have experience in office. And I'm curious, do, do you feel that that is true, that notion that maybe there's more impact in the private sector? Or 
um, or or is that sort of a false idea that that we should not run for office and you should focus on using business for good? Kind of curious on your thoughts. Well, on I that. guess I might come at it this way, Ryan, by saying I, it's a false choice. We need uh, we need good people everywhere, and we need people who are serving everywhere to be good. And by that, I mean to have. Uh, a longer term uh, approach and to be thinking uh, about um, the common good alongside their own um, interests. Personally, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a capitalist, but uh, I'm also uh, a believer that government has a role to, to serve in, in helping people help themselves. And, uh, and I think, and, and that it is, as, as Barney Frank described, the name we give to the things we choose to do together. And there are some things that we should choose to do um, together. That's where the debate lies. But there are some things that we as a society should choose to do um, together. And we want government to function well um, uh, with respect to those choices. At the same time, you know, we I believe that uh, that opportunity is central um, to the American experiment. And that requires um, uh, an economy that is expanding, um, as, I, as I like to say, out to everybody, not just up to the well-connected um, and uh, and those who are, you know, already uh, uh, already have uh, opportunities to create their their wealth. And there are more and more entrepreneurs who are building companies um, whose products and services stand for something and and stand for that notion of trying to uh, expand opportunity. And as I say, um, I think encouraging. Um, through good policy in the case of government, through uh, uh, through wise investments, in the case of impact investing, is a way to be involved in that. So walk us through, you know, you're coming to your end of, of the term at, as governor, and you're starting to think, you know, what's next? So how does this how does this opportunity arise? Like, do you reach out to Bain, or do they come to you and say, hey, do you want to head this new this new division, or how, what is yeah. this sort of process there? <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be nice if uh, if things followed as straight a line as that? Um, so first of all, um, we don't have term limits for governor in Massachusetts. I, I have a personal term limit named Diane, um, my wife of 35 plus years, and she said two terms and that's it, um, back into the private sector. And uh, when I was leaving I, I, and, and thinking about what to do uh, next, I'd been exposed to impact investing uh, while in office through social impact bonds. Um, and uh, Sir Ronald Cohen, who is one of the uh, people who uh, conceived of this idea of private capital coming in alongside government to help address a uh, uh, a, uh, a public interest um, challenge was enormous. He, I met him while I was in office, and he introduced this concept. And it was enormously appealing to me, Ryan, for um, largely because I think everybody wants innovation in public policy. Um, it turns out, of course, that if you want innovation um, and to encourage it, you have to raise your tolerance for failure. But politics punishes failure. So you can begin to understand why so few really innovative things um, are happening uh, in government when the citizenry has so much appetite uh, appetite for it. And the beauty of social impact bonds is that these pay for success contracts is that you can experiment um, with um, with uh, private sector capital, and for those things that work, you can scale them with public um, investment. Really lovely idea. And I stayed in touch with uh, with uh, Sir Ronald um, after we did two of the first of these bonds in the country while I was in office, and he had moved on and created his own uh, earlier stage uh, impact investing fund. 
um, and had some some exits that were getting a, a, a superior rate of return. And I said, really? And he said, well, part of what he was trying to prove is that you um, you don't have to trade return for impact. You may choose to do so, but you don't have to. And that, to me, was uh, an aha moment. Um, I had uh, some friends at Bain Capital, um, had been friends for a long time, uh, who were in the leadership here and who had offered to be sounding sounding boards for me when I was uh, when I was ready for my next thing, and um, I was in fact Ryan on my way to do something else when I thought you know I promised these guys I would check in and I did and I described what I was doing, what I was intending to do, and one of them uh, Steve Paluka said that sounds very interesting. He said, but what do you you don't really sound passionate about that. What are you really passionate about? And I said, well, there's this thing called impact investing. I don't know if you've ever heard from it. I heard about it. And he sat back and said, I can't believe you brought that up. He said, we've been trying to figure out how to get into that space for a couple of years. Why don't you come and help us figure it out? So um, I came in, uh, I guess, what was that, a bit in the spring of 2015 and um, spent a year with the help of some borrowed resources from around the firm uh, sorting out. Um, what was happening in the space in North America and where uh, the upside um, could be for the type of investing that we do at Bain Capital and writing the business plan. And then we launched um, and raised our raised our fund and now have a team of coming on 14. Wow. I, f- I feel like when I spoke to you, it was you and one other guy and like someone like just three people or something. <laughs> I think it might have been, Ryan. I, we, it might have been. We've, we've uh, you know, we've closed the fund now at uh, at $390 million, which is um, $140 million above our, uh, our, our original goal. Um, we are we've done three investments so far. Um, and our objective is to underwrite to the same financial standards as the large cap. Uh, funds here at uh, at Bain Capital, um, but also to deliver measurable and meaningful uh, impact in the areas where we're focusing. So, you know, one of the things, I'm just curious about this, because a lot of the folks on this podcast are fairly towards the progressive end of the spectrum. And, you know, it's funny with, uh, with our current president, Mitt Romney, looks like the, the liberal godsend from 20... 20- <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, how do how do you sort of you know were were you a little bit concerned at all like hey you know I'm a Democratic governor and like Bain Capital does it you know I was just curious did you ever think like is this not going to be a good fit because of politics or how did you kind of think about that? well I mean it's it's funny I I, I joke about how it took uh, you know once we decided we were going to do this it took about. I don't know, 48 hours to work out the the terms of my coming and, and two and a half weeks to figure out how to announce it. Um, because, of the, you know, it's, first of all, I knew the firm before um, uh, the, when was it, 2012 election? Is that what I'm thinking yeah, of? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, long, long after uh, Governor Romney had, had, lo- had left the firm. Um, I don't know him very well, but he's always been a gentleman uh, to me. And, uh, and, you know, I, nobody fits in a box. I don't, I don't fit in a box. I'm, I, I'm surrounded by, by Democrats here at, uh, at Bain Capital and, and some Republicans too. And that's all fine, um, by me. But we're all committed to making a, a success of this, this fund and coming into the impact investing, uh, space with humility, um, and mindful that, um, 
we need to not just make money for our investors, but but be good stewards of the field and help to build it and build its um, its stature and its seriousness and credit uh, and credibility. And that's that's good for the field. And frankly, I think it's good for investing generally, because as we prove out at scale that you don't have to trade return for impact, it raises some unavoidable questions about what it means to be a regular way investor. Right. And yet, <clears throat> I think one of the, the challenges that most of us face in this space is this idea of balancing impact and return because... Sure. Uh, so what was your, you know, your thesis coming in and maybe how has that changed over the few years that you've been there now? Well, I think first of all that, um, you know, when I say that we have chosen, I recognize that there's a spectrum of uh, points of view on uh, among impact invest- investors about financial return. And we've chosen a place on that spectrum that's about a competitive uh, or commercial rate of return, indeed a superior rate of return if we can generate it, not as a value judgment for where others are on the spectrum, but because, number one, that's the that's the kind of return that investors in Bain Capital Funds expect of Bain Capital Funds. Um, but two, because um, we think it's important, I think it's important to be able to demonstrate um, that you don't have to trade the one for the other. Again, because I think uh, I think proving that um, at scale makes a larger point about how to be a uh, uh, an investor who is cognizant, as one of our uh, limited partners puts it, of the full consequences of her or his investments. And what? <clears throat> How do you, did you have to find um, new limited partners or what was sort of the, the process? Because um, I imagine. Of raising the fund? Yeah. Was it new new LPs? Was it existing LPs who've shifted money over or what was sort of that? Well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a journey, Ryan. I, you know, it's, I, I, I would tell you, I, I, I liked um, uh, raising uh, this fund uh, about as much as I liked raising money in my last job. Um, meaning I really hate asking people for money, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the conversations um, with people who were um, either uh, long-time investors in this space or who were new to the space and trying to understand it, and, and many of whom um, had been, as they put it, waiting for uh, a, uh, uh, an investment-grade um, product in the impact uh, space, which I think meant, may, basically meant waiting for a name brand, um, uh, so that they had they had more to say to the people to whom they reported. You know, it's just that's just the way the world sometimes works. I think we uh, we went out first to talk to investors in other Bain Capital funds, um, many of whom, um, or I should say, some of whom. Um, had to deploy so much capital that the check sizes they were prepared to write to us uh, would have represented too much concentration for a fund of this size. And so we said to them, you know, wait for fund two. And there were a couple who um, who, who could write um, uh, smaller size investment checks. And so we said yes to them. And then we met a lot of new people, um, folks, as I say, who were um, who were uh, conventional investors who were new to the impact um, space, others who were longtime in, uh, impact investors who were interested um, uh, in Bain's entry into the uh, into the space and what it is we were trying to do 
differently, and I can say a little bit about what we're trying to do um, differently in a minute. But uh, but our LPs are a whole range um, of uh, of LPs from uh, family offices, high net worth individuals, foundations, public and private uh, pension funds. Um, sort of the you know the classic range of uh, of people who invest in in private equity. Got it. Yeah, I'd love for you to speak to the um, you know so, some of what you're trying to do. Maybe some example portfolio companies or it, it, I know it's funny because sure. we've we've raised our. One million dollar fund. So I, I, I know what you're going through. Is like first you have to raise the fund, then you have to figure out how to deploy the capital, which is so fun. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's more challenging than you think. It um, is more challenging. We look at a lot, and and again because it's the first fund, because we are um, we are very very uh, cognizant of how carefully we're being watched, um, and how important it is to the field that we do this um, in a high integrity way. We're being very picky. Um, and fortunately, the deal flow has been uh, uh, has been such that we can uh, we can be uh, picky, and that's that's been great. But ours, so if you if you look around, um, what we saw in in North America is that a lot of other funds, uh, just a couple that are this larger, larger, but um, a lot of other fun, funds, almost all of which are doing uh, venture and other early stage investing. And we thought, you know, who is the later stage investor? Who's the who's the financial partner that will help a great company scale? Um, and what we've also discovered um, uh, in asking that question is that a number of mission-oriented entrepreneurs were concerned that when they sold on, they sold out, which is to say that their their next, you know, they could attract. Uh, capital in the market because they had a great balance sheet and a great growth story, but not necessarily a uh, a financial sponsor who was interested in growing the mission part of their enterprise alongside the um, the financial part. So that seemed like a white space for us that we could do lower middle market buyout or growth investment as a real um, impact oriented sponsor, uh, a partner really. Um, and, uh, and so we've done three deals so far. The first was a, um, a series of low cost gyms in, uh, Michigan and Northern Indiana that target so-called fitness deserts. So, um, uh, places where there are high incidences of obesity, type two diabetes, for example. And if the conventional, um, formula for gyms is to charge as much as possible and hope nobody comes, this is the inverse. It's to charge, um, very little in comparative terms, 10 bucks a month, and really drive utilization. Um, and we're measuring numbers of new members. Um, we're, we will get to measuring number, number, number of times a week, for example, that members get their, get their heart rates up, start to share that with their health insurance, um, uh, providers so that, um, their rates get subsidized even further, that sort of thing. Um, in the case of our second investment, we invest in a company that diverts um, organic uh, waste, mostly from landscapers and roadworks uh, crews from landfills, and instead composts that material and sells it back as composted soil and, and mulch. Uh, and there we're measuring uh, uh, greenhouse, greenhouse gas emissions avoided um, uh, and, and pretty straightforward. Those, that's one where the, uh, where the impact is inherent to the business. The third is a, is an earlier stage, um, uh, company that we did in partnership with our life sciences, um, fund, another new fund here at Bain Capital. 
and that's one where we are um, we are be- we are the platform, or we are a platform for uh, orphan drugs that reach uh, small populations of um, uniquely vulnerable uh, people, but where the where big pharma can't make the economics work to develop them. That's that's great. It's um, and and so when you look at a company like the um the the sort of the second one about um composting the sort of excess yard waste etc how how do you then like clearly you, you look at the financials and there's obviously metrics and models to say okay it's meeting this rate of growth uh it fits mm-hmm. within our guidelines how do you then because there's probably a lot of different companies who may meet the financials but then how do you decide which impact like what's the impact fit and how do you really go about thinking about that piece so we're focused in uh, in three areas. Um, it's interesting; they're pretty broad areas. So take the word "focus" with a grain of uh, salt, and they are health and wellness, sustainability, and what we're calling community building. So by health and wellness, we have been uh, interested in uh, access to affordable care, uh, including behavioral health. We've been interested in uh, in home health uh, companies. We've been interested in nutrition and healthy eating, uh, and also in that uh, vertical, if you will, um, ed tech companies whose products or services are about closing achievement gaps or skills gaps. Um, within sustainability, we've looked at sustainable consumer goods. We've looked at water and energy efficiency companies. We've looked at uh, sustainable agriculture. Uh, and then community building, we think of more as a place-based strategy. So companies that uh, by intention, are helping to create jobs and catalyze economic activity in places of chronic uh, underemployment. All of it, North America, um, and uh, and all of it where we can be a value-added partner. And on measurement, which is enormously important in this um, in this space, we got we got sort of two pieces of feedback or consensus views in that year of homework that we uh, that we did before we launched. One was that we should not invent a unique or proprietary uh, measurement tool that we should instead, mindful that there's no gap accounting for for impact yet, but we should use something in common usage so that an investor can compare uh, the impact that our companies are having with the impact that other funds uh, are having and can compare our performance on that score as well. And uh, and the other was to be careful not to turn our companies into reporting agencies. Really, really let them be companies. So choose a tool where you can measure. Um, you can choose, you know, two or three material um, uh, factors for uh, both baseline and to measure your pro- progress as you go. And we decided to use the Gears survey out of B Lab, which you probably know about, Ryan, um, as a as a tool that is adaptable. For uh, uh, to meet those two interests, and we we will measure at the enterprise level and also as a fund, and report to our LPs alongside the financials. Yeah, I've, I've been really curious how that because, as you know, the the B Corp movement has for many years been primarily about the uh, certification for at the company level and then the legal form. But the gears sort of B analytics uh, investor facing piece has been newer or or at least gaining more steam, and I'm glad to hear that it's working for you in terms of measuring the impact of the companies? Well, as I say, it's adaptable and it's adapting. You know, this whole, this whole field is, uh, is really ripe, um, as you know, in, uh, within the impact investing space, whole question of measurement and 
um, and how you think about it. I, I, I will say that I, for the longest time at the beginning, um, I was, I was witnessing or, or hearing lots of debate about what was or was not inherently impactful. You know, this one really cares about climate change and that one really cares about food insecurity, for example. And, and they're, they all have, um, they all have import. They all are significant. And I think that our takeaway was, look, let's just be clear about what it is we're about and what kinds of companies um, we're focused, uh, for, focused on uh, and, uh, and measure that. Um, again, not a value judgment about where, what kinds of impact other investors or other you know, citizens may be um, particularly focused on, but these are the ones we wanted to focus on. And I'll, I'll also say these are the ones where we um, were convinced uh, from some research there would be um, sufficient deal flow uh, and where the return profile was going to be what we needed it uh, to be for this first fund. Got it. You know, one of the things I've been struggling with, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on this, is, you know, one of the problems we see with impact investing generally is that you can create outsized, uh, you know, positive impact, or you, know, you can create financial returns and impact um, in the market, but it can sometimes reinforce the current inequality of the economic system where the, the sort of beneficiaries of the impact or like the sort of investors are still wealthy white men <laughs> who are the mm -hmm. ones who benefit as the limited partners. And so mm -hmm. I, I, do you have any thoughts on like how, like how do we sort of get away from, or how do we sort of democratize capital away from, so the impact of the company is benefiting society and the environment, but also the the sort of investors are also, it's not still concentrating wealth. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of one of the challenges I'm struggling with. Yeah, I, I I hear that. I mean, I you know, for your for your listeners' benefit, I am not a wealthy white man. Um, uh, there there's still a lot of there's still a lot of room to grow uh the uh the LP base. I I will say we've had some we've had some fascinating conversations with our own um LPs about this very question. Um mind you, some of the LPs that we talked with are managing um the pensions of um of women and minority workers. Um the 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 managers are not as diverse as I think many in that um, in a, in that field, uh, wish, uh, they were, but the, but the pension holders are highly diverse and whether we, whether we win or don't win has a real impact on, uh, on them. I'll say also that I think one of the strategies, you know, that there's a, there's a lot of exit innovation that is, uh, um, that is wanting in, uh, in impact investing. And one of the strategies is really interesting to me. And I'm forecasting nothing because I'm still I'm still uh, trying to research this uh, some more. Is the idea of employee ownership, whether instead of going public or selling to a another strategic um, buyer, do you sell to the employers, employees rather, um, as a wealth creation uh, device and as a way for a financial partner like us to step back and step aside and let the and let um, others have their turn in in. Uh, in benefiting from the from the growth and the value of the company, you know, I must say, Nabal, you just blew my mind that 
that Bain Capital would be uh, interested in selling to the employees. That is so. That's well, amazing. I just said, hold on. I just said, no, no, no. Hold on. I, I said I wasn't forecasting anything. I, I'm, I'm just. No, 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 no. The, 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 the space needs exit innovation, right? It needs a way, um, really in part in response to, to your um, question, um, to be thinking about how wealth creation um, is um, is democratized, democratized to use your to use your term. Yeah. And I, I've been affiliated with uh, with ESOPs before, small ones and 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 large one, or a small one and a large one. Um, one was um, more successful than the other. Um, so I, I don't think it's a panacea necessarily, but it is one of a number of uh, devices that I think is worth thinking about. Again, consistent with our fiduciary responsibility to think about how um, uh, we build um, uh, this space and all of the objectives of this uh, of this space, which is to help make uh, the economy um, work for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, and I guess mind-blowing was maybe not the right term. I was just smiling very largely because I, <laughs> I, I agree with you <laughs> that um, alternative exits are incredibly important. And, um, you know, like if the... If, uh, if, if a company that's high impact company, um, could then be the exit strategy is the, the employees themselves own the company at the end of the day, that's a huge victory because the, you know, the wealth stays in the community. It's not concentrated somewhere else. So I, I was merely but sort it, of, uh, it could be. you know, it depends, it depends <laughs> on the circumstances. All I'm saying is we want to be thinking about, um, we, we want to be innovators in this, uh, uh, in this space. And, um, and that's at least one of the things that's been on my mind. You know, maybe um, moving a little bit more future-looking without holding you to anything. Are, is there anything developing in the space uh, that you're really excited about? Like, you know, maybe it's um, a new a new industry or a sort of type of, uh, tr- you know, some maybe trends in impact investing that you're getting excited about. Well, you know, there's so much there's so much interest. Um, uh, in the space that I, I think more and more um, sort of conventional money managers, endowments, and uh, uh, and such are 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 focusing on, it, and I think that's good. I I uh, I feel like we may be um, uh, I won't say alone, but in le- and at least um, uh, underpopulated territory being. A later stage investor in this space rather than um, an early stage investor, and I, I'm. It's not that I'm anxious to have a lot more people come in and occupy this space with us yet, um, but I do want. Um, I do want to be able to prove this thesis that you don't have to trade return for impact, and if you don't have to trade return for impact, the, the question it begs is why would you? And uh, um, and that's a question I want to be begged for. For all investors, I want us all to be thinking um, about the consequences of our investment um, uh, decisions and thinking out beyond the next uh, beyond the next quarter, which I think is central to what impact investing is about. Yeah, and what do you see? Um, do you see the the double impact fund growing? Like, if it's uh, the, the sort of five, ten, twenty year plan, do you see this becoming a larger piece of Bain's work? I mean, <laughs> assuming the like fund one is successful, right? That's like step by step. Well, that's a, it's yeah. a, that's a, the, your point is exactly right. It's step by step. I mean, we can 
we can sketch out uh, uh, and have um, in in pencil only what funds two and three might look like. There are lots and lots of um, of questions um, that need to be addressed, like you know, geographic footprint, size of the investment check. Are these the right um, verticals? Do we narrow? Do we broaden? There are all kinds of questions like that. Um, I don't think that access to investment um, uh, funds is a, is is going to be a problem because I think that um, the uh, the appetite among uh, investors for mission oriented enterprises growing, not uh, 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 not shrinking, and I think that's driven in large measure by millennials, but a few of us parents of millennials too are pretty interested in uh, in goods and services that stand for something, companies that stand for something and are trying to do their part to make um, the world a little kinder uh, and a little more just. Um, so I, I think that I, th- I think there are all kinds of, um, there are all kinds of uh, uh, future possibilities that are really, really promising. But um, first things first, we got to nail fun one. And, uh, and that's what we're focused on. Absolutely. I, I definitely feel that. Are there other, in that year of research and maybe up to now, are there other investors that maybe you could point to for listeners who are, you admire as like, you really think they're leading in this, in this category as well? Oh, wow. There's so many good ones. Um, you know, Bridges Ventures, of course, um, terrific. Um, that was, uh, Sir Ronald Cohen's, um, fund in the UK and there is a, uh, there's a, a U.S. Uh, Bridges Ventures as well now, uh, extension of their work. Um, the folks from um, DBL out in San Francisco, um, Nancy Funds Group, just extraordinary. There are, you know, there's SJF, there's um, there's KPOR. There, I mean, there's so many really, really great ones and so much to learn from. And there, of course, there's um, there's TPG Growth, which has uh, uh, announced a a, uh, a global um, middle market venture um, undertaking um, that sounds very ambitious from a distance uh, as well. So I am just I'm really encouraged by how much activity there is in the uh, in the space and how many opportunities there are for mission oriented enterprise. And I I hope that uh, that all kinds of entrepreneurs, not just the folks who who run in the uh, in the very well populated entrepreneurial waters of, um, you know, um, the coasts, but that all sorts of entrepreneurs in all kinds of communities in, uh, in America and beyond are finding their way to uh, the kind of capital that's being made available because I think entrepreneurship and innovation will be a big part of what, um, what makes um, our economy and our society better. You know, one question the last few things here is that another guest said this was a, a good one to ask people is what do people never ask you that, that you wish they did? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, given, given my last job, I'm often, I'm, I often have in mind what question I'm hoping they don't ask. <laughs> there you go. Um, gracious. Um, you know, people rarely ask me what I, what I do when I'm not, you know, flying all over the place, um, trying to meet entrepreneurs and um and figure out where to where to invest and and my answer to that would be I am a beekeeper and uh and a gardener and I love to read. That's phenomenal. my last name's Honeyman. So 
Of course it is. The, the I, was, I was totally, I was totally pandering to you. <laughs> um, and is there regarding those or something else? What's your, what's your most favorite thing to do in the world? Does it be out in the garden, be with your kids, or is there something that you look forward to the most? You know, I would say being with my kids, but they're grown now and they have less interest in being with me. Um, so uh-huh. I'm, I won't say that, but, uh, no, you know, being, being outside, being in the garden, um, being in Western Massachusetts, which is a, our own piece of heaven. Um, those are all pretty important things to me. Cool. And so where can folks learn more about what you're up to? Uh, well, we have a website. We have to update it, of course, um, as the year is coming to an end. But uh, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to be out at at, uh, at conferences and uh, and in community uh, trying to raise awareness of the importance of impact investing and, and looking for opportunities for us to invest uh, our investors' money as well. So stay tuned, stay alert. Great. Well, thanks so much, Deval. I, I really appreciate your work. And, um, you know, I, I think you bring a unique perspective of uh, sort of executive government experience plus impact investing, which, you know, may, may make you the only <laughs> impact investor with that experience. So I think it gives you some good insight into what's possible. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. Next Economy Now is a production of Lyft Economy. To listen to all of our episodes, go to lifteconomy.com slash podcast. That's L-I-F-T economy.com slash podcast. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter at lifteconomy.com slash newsletter. Please also rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.